Hi everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Mm. Was that a good intro? Every I feel like we're getting <laughs> worse at the intro as we go along with this show. I think the okay, first intro... Mean my cosa. <laughs> yeah, maybe we gotta like, I don't know, make it a little different every time so that we don't we don't try too hard to make it sound different, which is what I'm doing. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, do a different accent every time. I'm obsessed with the Essex accent right now. I'm obsessed with it. It's like, for me, it's the funniest English accent. It's like, oh, it got real, like, crazy there. Like, oh, babes, I'm having the time of my life right now. Like, I'm real racking on with this bloke. It's like words that you've never heard, but with a British accent, it's very bizarre. It's, <laughs> that accent for me sounds like someone who's never spoken English and is just imitating what British people sound like, is what an Essex <laughs> accent is. Anyway, <laughs> let's get on to the topic of this week, Jenny. Education. The more you know. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. <laughs> what is that? Look. It's in a book. Jenny, what, it, what are you doing? I'm singing the Reading Rainbow theme song. Oh, is that what that is? LeVar Burton. Yes. Okay, reading Rainbow, like, I don't think I was in the States for that. I, I have, like, oh, little man. gaps of knowledge. Like, I know Bill <laughs> Nye, the science guy. But then I'm like, I don't know reading Rainbow. Who the hell is John Candy? I have, like, straight-up gaps of American knowledge, depending on the ages that I was out. So I'm sorry I don't know the reading Rainbow. When oh, it was a big show for us kids. I remember um, there was a lot of shows with puppets. I remember that. And I was terrified of puppets. I hated them. I thought they were frightening. I But they were our first educators. I know. But like I literally there was one show with this woman who had a like I think it was a lamb. It was a lamb. Yes. This is a song that never ends. Yes, it goes on. <laughs> terrified. Lamb chop. The moment I realized that the human was talking for the lamb, I was I was done. I was like, I'm terrified of this. And I and I feel lied to. But she was like a sock. I believed that the sock could talk. And when it, I realized it was a <laughs> human not moving, it's like their mouth. It instilled me with fear. I don't know why we we went on this tangent. Because I that was our first educators before we technically went to like kindergarten and all that mierda. And honestly, for for me at least, like what I did after school was part of my you know education. And yeah, uh, I know you went to religious schools growing up. Like you just went right. You sure just went did. like Christian and then Catholic, or Catholic and then Christian. Yep. I don't know the metamorphosis of your religious <laughs> education, but. Christian and then Catholic. Christian and then Catholic. Like, I changed schools every two years of my life. Oh, my gosh. Until high school. And I did, like, preschool in Venezuela. I did one year at a school called St. Francis. It was a Christian school. Then I did two years in public school. Then I did two years in another public school. Yo, then I did two years in a mija. ridiculous prep school in Massachusetts called Buckingham Brown and Nichols. That sounds like a law <laughs> firm. And then I went to, like, an international school. Like, for me, I... Went to a buffet and tasted it all, but I didn't want to go be in that buffet. I wanted to stay at the same school. My parents kept moving me around. For a quick second, I was like, man, that must have been tough. But if I'm being real, that kind of sounds nice. <laughs> because yo estaba ahí metida con los mismos, the same motherfucking kids, and they all kind of <laughs> sucked, and they bullied me, and the same fucking idiot kids, man, I was stuck with from like K4 to 8th grade. 
They were all up in your shit. Because it was a small school. It was like 20 right. kids. So it's like the same fucking kids the whole time. You couldn't reinvent yourself. Like you were no, always you Jenny Rodin. So like if you peed yourself when you were six, mm-hmm. that was it. Everyone knew that. Everyone knew oh, you yeah. peed yourself. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, you know what? Would have been nice to maybe hop around, you know, do the buffet thing. <laughs> Did you just say buffet? Am I saying it weird? Yeah, it's it's buffet. Buffet? Not Yo. buffet. <laughs> Mira, your education, Mira. it it didn't have the uh, unlimited food vocabulary. Me going, to, me, yeah. going, me going to private school clearly didn't do shit, yo. <laughs> Buffet. You know, it's interesting to see, like, think back at all my schools. And I think the only school I had a real positive experience at was the international school in Caracas. Mm-hmm. Because... I think that like that was the only place I felt at home at because no one fit in anywhere. And we also all spoke Spanglish. Like we would walk around Caracas and people would make fun of us because they'd be like, oh, the Campo Alegre kids are out. Because we'd be like, I chamo. I was like, literally, me iba a comer este taco. Y de repente someone was like, arrecho conmigo. And I was like, oh my God, no ni si se te ocurra responderme de esa manera, bro. Like we talked, like we espoused a really American English and American culture and American school, but everything else was very Venezuelan. And it almost felt like whatever you were was like fine because there was always someone that was different in another way than you. And I'm really thankful for that experience because like I think about the prep school days when my middle school that was the law firm and it was like there was very little diversity. It was like a lot of kids that had been there their whole life from a very privileged background and they're there to get into Harvard and like that's what they wanted to do. And it was like at 12 people crying for getting B pluses. I know. And Jenny, one time I mm. went to one of these, <laughs> the parents had like the parents and the kids over for like a dinner and they were like, okay, now we have the talent portion of our dinner. And I was like, oh God, what? And there was a guy who played the cello. Then this 12-year-old girl was like a soprano opera singer. Like these were children that were crafted from birth to be extraordinary. And I was just trying to like survive. (laughs) And like I quote unquote played the piano. Like I didn't actually. It was like. So my mom was like, can you go up there and like, I don't know, like do your British accent. And I was like, mom, are you high? No. And I (laughs) pretended I had diarrhea and we left. I applaud you. <laughs> I pretended I had diarrhea. That is the best exit plan. Everybody understand that you can get out of shitty situations, pun intended. With shit. With diarrhea excuses. <laughs> no one's going to question you or ask you to see, like, proof. Do you know what I mean? No. They're like, oh, shit, you better go. <laughs> you, you better, better go. go. And that's what happened. But it was, like, such a culture shock for me because... It was an environment where children were being prepared for college and to be the best applicant. And we'd go to sports. Like, I did field hockey, which is the weirdest sport you've ever seen. It's something that should have been abolished in the 1800s. It was such a contrast to go from there to then a school in Venezuela where people are surrounded by instability, (laughs) you know, and you're just trying to get to school in the middle of a protest and you get to school and people are like, good job, man. You got to school. (laughs) That's good on you. (laughs) What was religious school for you? Would you have like a little priest tell you like about Jesus? Okay. What a little (laughs) priest? 
<laughs> like, what makes it religious? Oh, boy. I mean, you would think that my Catholic high school that I attended, which for everyone wondering was St. Brendan High School, go Sabres, it was actually my Christian school, King's Christian. It was a very tiny Christian school in Miami. That school, 10,000% embedded religious doctrine and teachings into day-to-day. Like, whether it was the science that we learned, we had to memorize Bible verses, we would get graded from very little. We were, like, four years old, and we'd have to get up in front of the class and recite the book of Psalms. Like, we had to memorize verses. Every Friday, we had chapel. We would sing Christian songs, and we would have, like, missionaries come, and, like, we'd have special guests come, or we'd, you know, have little little shows. So it was like we actually were going to church every Friday. That was part of what we did. Even the Christmas plays, they were all converted into, (laughs) like, I did a version of The Music Man for a Christmas play once. I was like in the eighth grade and the principal was actually the drama teacher, but she was fantastic. But she would take these popular Broadway shows and rewrite them to be Christianized. So it was like, instead of River City, it was Giver City. Oh, my God. It was very creative. I'm not going to lie. It was very creative. But everything we did, we had games. You know how you have like spelling bee and mental math? Mm -hmm. We also had something called sword drills. And I was actually really good at this. So you kind of stand there. You're holding the Bible like this. It's called sword drills because the Bible is the sword. It's your weapon. And you're holding it your thumbs on the pages, and the teacher would go, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, go. And we would like flip through the Bible, find it, and the first person to find the verse would stand up and go, and then God said to to be la 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 la. And then- (laughs) You know, Jenny, you know how we always say that like, wow, school taught us a lot of useless things. I wish I learned about taxes. Like, when have you ever used that skill? For me, no matter what school I went to, I always gravitated towards the arts and drama and that was sort of my safe space. Oh my God, same. (laughs) You know, and like, there's some schools where I was a loser and then there's some schools where I was popular. (laughs) It always altered. It was very confusing for my psyche. I was like, I don't even know who I am. I was very, very popular in that old school. And now I'm a loser now. I don't know what I did differently. Yeah. I feel like if I... Who am I kidding? I'm a nerd no matter where I live on this planet. But I feel like nerdum and being a geek and all that is thought of as cool in other parts of the U.S. Like, again, like in a more... I don't know, progressive city. Like if you're going to like school in Portland or Austin or Los Angeles or New York City. But in Miami, Obiate, I was I was destined to be looked <laughs> looked upon like, oh, you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> and the funny part is like I wasn't the stereotypical nerd, which we all had kids like that in our schools, right? But for me, I think, and, and I realized this more after watching Pen15, which is one of my favorite shows right now, Watching Pen15, I don't know if you've seen the show, but it's fantastic. I love I love it. I felt like I was watching myself. Yeah. It took me a long time. It actually took me reaching my 30s to realize that's why I was a nerd. But in Miami, a lot of girls, because again, I didn't have a lot of diversity in my schools. It was a bunch of white Cubans like me who were named Vero. That was it. 
Like, I, that's it. Like, Veros and Cristinas. And so they all wanted to grow up very fast. Mm -hmm. It was all about looking sexy and whose boobs were growing more and who was going to go on a date and who was going to suck their first dick. Yeah. And la, 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 la. And me and my nerdy best friends were still very innocent. You were holding on to a childhood. You were holding on to, yes. to innocence, which... Which made us nerds. So much of my middle school was me actively making a point to, like, hold on to my innocence. And, like, yep. I was like, I don't want to go to Jacob Fisher's bar mitzvah and, and get fingered in a coat closet. Like, I want to <laughs> play Pokemon. Like, what the fuck is happening? And one of yeah. the reasons my mom wanted to move back to Venezuela was because of that. Wow. And, like, everyone was like, yo, you want to go to the most dangerous city in the world and she was like it's dangerous but at least you know she can hold on to some decency and, it was like, <laughs> and back home in Venezuela it really was different I think we were aware of our privilege and we were always stimulated by the you know political instability and violence <laughs> that it was like that was already growing up really fast yeah. that like when we were in school we just wanted to be kids and it was just shocked me that like in this school that was filled with kids with all the opportunities in the world, like they just, they needed something to rebel against or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah, there was a lot of like weird rebellion or like I'm too cool for school. Like I was the come mierda with the giant book bag with like, with the wheels. So I never once got to dress in my regular clothing at school. You were always in a uniform. I was always in uniform. What was it like? It was like a white, so it was, you know, the, the colors of St. Brendan were like a piss yellow, a white, and like an olive green. And it's the kind of shirts, yo, that like after a while you get pit stains, you know what I mean? Like, especially like on the white shirts. And it was buttoned down, collared. Mm -hmm. Then you had like the sweatshirts and, and all that junk. And then we had khaki pants and shit, but a lot of the girls, myself included, opted for the plaid Britney Spears uh, skirts. Yo, you know, Britney Spears needs to be paid by all of these plaid skirt companies because she made plaid skirts cool. I would roll up my skirt all the time because that's what all the, you know, imagínate, I was like a nerd throughout all elementary and middle school and then I go to high school and I want to be like popular, which I still wasn't. And so I would still roll up my skirt and like show off as much of my hot 15-year-old bod <laughs> As much as I could. And like ugly, like brick uniform shoes. So ugly, man. I went from like my entire life, I never had a uniform to when I got to high school in Venezuela, every school has the same uniform. It doesn't matter if it's public school, if it's private school, every single person in high school has to wear a beige polo shirt. Every single person in middle school has to wear a blue polo shirt. If you're in elementary school, it's a white polo shirt. And if it's pre-K, it's red. It's literally a uniform for the entire country. Why would you give kids a white polo shirt, period? Eso va a estar lleno de stains. I, dude, you know what it's like for me, a beige-colored person, to wear a beige <laughs> shirt for four years of my life? It's like your invisibility cloak or something. It was literally, I was like, how do I make myself seen? I look horrible. And I'd like Ay, try all these ways to make myself like stand out a little bit to have a little personality. So I'd be like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wear like really, really, really wacky jeans because we were allowed Ew. to wear jeans. But then I'd get in trouble for wearing wacky jeans. But it was like, oh my God, everyone in the country, like it was cuatro de la tarde. Schools are out. 
everyone was wearing the same thing. Every school in the city was let out at the same time and all of us had the same clothes on. You know how fucking weird it's like zombie post-apocalyptic shit that is? Yeah, that's weird. That's it's an ugly weird. ass color too, yeah. And it, you know, I did love having a uniform because I didn't have to think about what I had to wear every morning. No, that's true. And when I went to college, I was like, God fucking damn it. Really? Now I have to think about clothes? <laughs> <laughs> what? But then what's great about college though is that people kind of give less of a shit, right? Elementary, middle school, all that shit to me reminded me of those old Navy, like back to school commercials. Or like the kids in like the Disney Channel shows and Nickelodeon, the iCarly and shit, que se visten. I'm like, bro, where'd you get that wardrobe, yo? I looked terrible every day of school. I was just like, I have no time to get ready. I no. Uh, all my pictures, I'm like, well, that, you know, at least you had your youth. And see, porque coño, I didn't have any older sisters. No one was telling me, girl, please do not get yourself Christmas colored braces. But I did. You know, you had to show your individuality somehow. I had to celebrate the seasons. <laughs> I, I, I'm I embarrassed to admit this. I would get my shirts tailored so that they would make my boobs look bigger. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bueno, primeramente, yo no tengo teta. Don't say, I had to deal with all the girls sprouting tits. And I was there like, <laughs> yeah. I love the term sprouting tits. That honestly sounds like a band I would go see. So, Jenny, I never went to a weird Catholic school, and you never went to a weird school with a, a bunch of very privileged Northeastern girls wanting to get into Dartmouth. But we both ended up as drama nerds and, like, <laughs> theater geeks. And, yeah, like, I lived in the theater. I just fucking loved it there. I, it was, like, my... It was where I felt the most successful within my high school. Like, I was always not great at math. Like, you know, I mm -hmm. sometimes struggled with chemistry. Physics was like, I, that's just complicated math. I hate it. But theater for me was like, oh, I'm good at this. And yeah, I, I feel really confident. And like, I felt like I thrived in theater. Yeah, it was the same for me. It was what made me happiest. And it's actually when people liked me the most, because even though I was a freaking huge loser, we always had like a period where it was like the Christmas play. And then later in the spring, that's when like everyone who did drama competitions would perform their monologues in front of all the grades. And that's when like the, even the popular kids in my class were like, oh my God, Jenny, you're so funny. Like, you're so funny. But then like after that, they're like, mm, loser. <laughs> there was no there was no greater high. And I, I, this was specifically in middle school when I was a loser. Um, there was no greater high to, for me than like when I finally was able to do a comedic performance. And then that day I was a fucking celebrity. Yes, I was like yes. in the cafeteria and the hot guy I had a crush on was like, yo, that was really funny. And I'd just be like, Ugh. and um, that like that moment <laughs> You're was like spitting out your like fucking <laughs> pizza bites. My, my pabellon that my mom would stuff in a thermos and like all the Ashleys would be like, ew. And I'm like, what? It's minced meat, rice, beans, plantains all like blended together in a thermos for a coffee. What's the problem? Mm. Um, but like, I feel like I. I was a good student, but a lot of things didn't come easily to me. I would have to try hard. Pero coño, man, that's because we had ADHD. Yeah, man. I'd be like, Shit. oh my God, Joanna, concentrate. But like in theater, I never felt like it. I mean, it was it was challenging, but I never felt like it was hard. And I 
Think about all my friends back home who like have no theater or arts program. And there's so many people that are so funny and so talented and so and they just never even got a taste of it. And for a lot of people, school is math and science and they see art as something that isn't worthy of of spending money on or music isn't worthy of spending money on. And so many of my friends that have made it in the industry, whether it be, you know, television or music are people that had the opportunity at a young age to be exposed to something that made them feel confident and good. Yeah. And it's just really beneficial in general just to get over stage fright, to learn public speaking, because that applies to any career path. So people might think, oh, what's the point of the arts? I'm not I'm not here to be an actor or a performer. But that's why so many people out here in L.A. take improv and they're like lawyers and shit. Like they're not even trying to be actors, but they're out here taking Groundlings classes because these classes help strengthen you as a as a business person, as a CEO, whatever it is. I think improv is more useful than the Pythagorean theorem. What is it? Pythagoras theorem? The negative B plus or minus the square root of B. I've never used that in my fucking life. I mean, I'm I'm glad I learned it at some point. But like, if you're going to make the case for geometry, if you're going to make the case for me knowing what a rhombus is, then like I can make the case for freaking theater and music to be part of your curriculum. I know what a Roomba is. That little circular Wally that cleans up my shit around the house. No, man, I, I got real lucky, like for real with the two schools that I went to because I had Miss Patsy again, the principal um, of King's Christian, who was a drama teacher, and she's the one that got me into acting. It wasn't mm-hmm. even my parents. It was my my principal. And she really believed in me. And it's funny because ADHD is so peculiar because like I would do so poorly in some of my classes. And then I had drama class once with Miss Patsy. I was in middle school and she dared me to memorize Lewis Carroll's The Jabberwocky in a day's time. I went home and I remember crying myself to sleep trying to jam that poem into my head. Let me tell you, I still remember it. I got there the next day, blah da boom I let it all out. I got an A+. And I feel like she did it on purpose. Like she acted like I couldn't do it, but that's not like her. That's just her trying to test me. And it's stuff like that that I'm so grateful for. And so then when I went to St. Brendan High School, I also got lucky. I had an English teacher who also happened to be the drama coach, Mr. Funes. But Mr. Funes really believed in me. He helped me become a stronger comedian and character actor. He would give me lead roles, just like Miss Patsy, even when I thought I couldn't handle it. So they both pushed me in different ways and helped mold who I am now as a performer. And it's so important. That's why it's so incredibly important. Because here's the issue. Even though St. Brendan did a great thing by hiring someone like Mr. Funes to teach drama, sometimes I find that schools do tend to drop the ball when it comes to arts programs and like electives. You want to hire people who are passionate about this shit. You cannot half-ass these things for kids. You just can't. And I really don't think I would have chosen this career path if it wasn't for Miss Patsy and Mr. Funes. Yeah. It's interesting how no matter what type of school, like that's always the case. It's like if you have a good teacher that just sees you and your potential, like that's that's the best education you can have. Should we do a word? 
I want you to pull out your Bible, Joanna, and I'm going to read you a Bible passage and you need to find it in five seconds. Girl, you're talking to a Jewish my atheist. My atheist friend has a King James Bible somewhere. <laughs> okay, I think we can share. It's not words, but I think we can share like maybe a piece of useless information we learned in school. Oh, God. So guess what this is, Jenny? What? Alabany Chop Tank Chesapeake Pocono Yeeho Y Comico. Hi, Leo. Those are the rivers of the Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> I learned that when I went to public school in Washington, D.C., and it's seared into my brain forever. Wait, how about this? How did you learn the uh, planets? How did I learn about the planets? Like, I remember I have it like my very educated mother just. Fuck. Jupiter. Just fuck. <laughs> just fuck Jupiter. My very educated mother just fucked Jupiter. <laughs> wow. Jupiter's okay. a guy who owns a surf shop in Malibu. And that sounds accurate. He I, only eats seaweed. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah. How do we end this? <laughs> Well, students, thank you so much for listening to us today. Stay in school. <laughs> <laughs>